Hey guys, and welcome back to It's Your Life and This Is Mine, the podcast with your host, Charlotte Emily Price. So today is a Grief Diaries episode. So we're going to be talking about the grieving process. I've got Katie here with me today. And we're going to be yeah sharing her story and hopefully helping those who are also either going through grief, navigating grief, we're all under different circumstances and just to make you feel like what you're going through, you're not alone but you can be reacting completely differently to other people in the world. So yeah, do you want to sort of like give a bit of an intro to yourself and then maybe share whatever you're comfortable with? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Katie Mackey, I'm 27 and I lost my gran going on for six months next month. And uh, mine's a bit of a complex story because it's like a bit of trauma and grief at the same time because mm. I was unfortunately the one that found her. And um, yeah, I've been kind of, going through it and uh, I'd say in the last month or and a half I've suddenly started to feel like my brain started working again yeah. I don't know if you went through it well you just feel like heaviness mm-hmm. and you feel like because I do a lot of creative stuff online you feel like you can't really think as well when you try and do it and then like you just have a period where you're like I'm just gonna take my time yeah <laughs> and I feel like I tried to put too much pressure on myself early on to try to be myself again yeah get back into routine yeah. too quickly was this like your first time experiencing grief in the sense of it being someone close to you yeah so I've been to like 10 funerals mm-hmm. I've lost a lot of people but never someone so close to me mm-hmm. and it's completely different when it's someone that like I don't even know how to explain the relationship, but me and my gran, it was more like a mother-daughter relationship. Because mm-hmm. um, when I was younger, my parents divorced. And it was a really messy divorce. So I was always off to my grand's and it was always my kind of like consistent safe place because I've moved house like 20 times throughout my life. And I'm 27 at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Should have shut that in earlier. But honestly, I've moved house so many times when I was younger because my parents, mm-hmm. and she was always the consistent person there. And you know, when you have an issue, the person you call first would be my gran. And it was like a really special relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that relationship had gone through childhood and then I went to uni in Edinburgh because my parents are Scottish and my grandparents are Scottish as well, obviously. Um, so when I went to uni in Scotland, I then even more got closer to her and we were just like this. And yeah. the last year of her life, I honestly think I was up there every month. Mm-hmm. You know when you just think they're going to go, but you're not sure. And every yeah. time we thought she was going, she wasn't going. And this is why when she did finally go, it was so like hard because it was the time you didn't expect she was going she's how she was like suddenly i don't know if there's a word for it but um the last few days of her life she was like the happiest she'd been in years yeah everyone says that happens right like so like they have like a being really like deteriorated or whatever and then suddenly they have like this really happy like burst and you're like wow they're on the on the rise and then they just and it kind of gets you really hopeful as well because um my grand was like housebound for the last like year and a half of her life she's really disabled and Mm -hmm. she was like 89 she was a really good age but um, she just like suddenly started watching TV, doing her crosswords. She was singing and she wasn't really a person to sing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, I'm having such a positive impact while I'm here. Because I was there to look after her for a week because um, her carer was having some respite and I thought I'd step in. And she still had like carers coming in, but I was like cooking her meals, keeping her company yeah. for like the last like week and a half. And I thought, oh my God, I'm having such a good impact. But yeah, it was just, and I think that kind of really built towards like, my reaction and after mm-hmm. her death kind of thing because I was like all the way up here really happy and it was like slam down yeah yeah so it was really hard um shall I talk through how I like found her and stuff yeah, yeah. if you're comfortable to yeah um so <laughs> I've always hated Friday the 13th and my mm. gran decided her time to go was Friday the 13th right. and I've always been a bit superstitious <laughs> about that date but like, <laughs> so I'm still a bit annoyed that that's the date that she died. Yeah. I'm like, happens right, Friday the 13th is unlucky. <laughs> My mum always is like, it's not because she was born on Friday the 13th. Oh. She was like, it's not, it's not. But I'm like, I think it is. <laughs> I'm just throughout the years, like I had a washing machine breakdown, yeah. fud flat, like so many things. And it was always Friday the 13th. Yeah. So I was like, it's a bad day. But yeah. Um, and the days leading up to her death, like, um, we were just like sorting those things out and like my grand was really like OCD clean because she was housebound everything had its place and she loved the house being tidy so I'd spent the last three days before she died like making everything perfect she was on cloud nine because like I'd even gone to her house emptied all the cupboards scrubbed them and these are places she couldn't even see because she was wheelchair bound but she just knew they were clean so she was walking around like so happy <laughs> I even made a time lapse and put it on TikTok me like putting the shopping away with grandpa and Aww. showed it to her and it was one of the last things I filmed her like reaction to her Aww. yeah and um, we had some really lovely conversations and stuff um, but like three days before she died I was like working from home sitting opposite her and I was just typing away and you know old people they have naps yeah. she decided that she's gonna have a little nap and then I was just typing away and then she suddenly woke up from the nap she goes Ooh. she's like basically like screamed almost and I was like oh my god because like she's been <laughs> pure silent and then suddenly like she just let that out yeah and I was just like Gran 
what was that? <laughs> and I used to have a really good banter with her. And um, she was just like, oh, I was just, uh, my mum's coming to get me. And I was just like, what do you mean? And then, because uh, she's had these like dreams throughout the last year and different family members coming to see her. And this is kind of why I also think it was her year. I don't know. And um, she'd had the same dream multiple times. It's always a different family member. And this is the final person that hadn't been. It was her mum. I didn't really think of anything at the time though. Yeah. And um, she said that her mum was there in the dream because I was like, okay, tell me more details. You've intrigued me. I'm pretty sure your mum's been dead for like 30 years, but tell me yeah. more. And then she went into great detail about her mum was in this like ball gown and her words were she looked the way she looked when she used to look after me. And she said she had her arms out like this and she said, doe, because my grandma's called Dory and she's like, doe, it's your time to go. Doe, that's his rhyme. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she told me that. And then um, I was just like, oh my God, creepy. And then um, when Gran did pass, you know, three days later, we did some research as a family. It turns out it was a mother's birthday. And we wow. were just like, oh. And my Gran's always been a bit, with family call it spooky. And uh, she's very in touch with something out there. And like throughout her life, there's been so many stories of her being in touch with the other side. I don't know the right terminology for it, but. Kind yeah, of, I'm like spiritual is like correct, I but I don't know if yeah. that is the right phrase. Yeah. Yeah, um, but just very in touch with something, and she mm-hmm. always knew things you couldn't know. And I'll give you one more story to give you kind of like an example. Like, um, she went to go view a house with her, my auntie Sue, and they were going to buy this house. And she's like, "Oh, I really want your opinion. You've always got a really good opinion." So they went along, and this was in like you know 70s or 80s, and she was just like, "Do not buy this house. There's a really bad vibe here." And um, the sure enough she listened to her and didn't get it and then the next family that moved in a van crashed into the front living room and killed them all and oh i was my. just like insane and like there's so many stories like that throughout my grand's life and like seeing ghosts and stuff wow they called her spooky <laughs> she always knew things though oh wow that's so interesting you said you obviously like saw when yeah. she passed yeah how has that been for you since that moment do you think that stuck with you because i know from speaking to other people about grief who have had people suddenly pass obviously they don't see them yeah you know like if you you get a call and they're like oh someone's so passed away like it doesn't really happen like that and i know for me like i hadn't seen anyone pass physically before until my granddad because yeah. he'd had cancer and we yeah. basically were all just there as he was like deteriorating and then on boxing day it was like all of his like favorite people around the bed and stuff like watching him pass which was it was it's so weird because we were all like this is so beautiful but like the worst thing in the whole world like it's it's such a mix of emotions i was like this is the best possible way of going with cancer yes yeah yeah just a horrible experience because you've got all of like your close people like absolutely distraught at the same time like it was just very strange like like his last oh god it's his last breath like he reached up to my nun's face i don't god honestly like it gives me shivers every time I think about it. I was like, oh my God, look, like, I didn't want to ruin the moment, but I was like, look, like, how oh, sweet is that? Tears to my eyes. I know, I'm already going to cry. I just couldn't believe it, like, because he had no strength to move. Like, his body, yeah. body was basically paralysed from the amount of medication they yeah. put into his body to make him feel as less pain as possible. So he hadn't moved in, like, three days or spoken or was awake, essentially. And then just that last movement was yeah. his hand, like, grasping my face. It was very hard compared to like other close people I've lost because I think I saw that deterioration and saw it all and obviously it's a different story I guess you did you sort of know I know you said you knew the time was coming but I guess it was still like a bit of a shock at the same time yeah so she'd been really ill for a few years um she's had like every medical condition under the sun and like um unfortunately they'd been in a car crash in like 2016 it was from that point she'd started to get really good and she was Mm -hmm. the healthiest she'd ever been and she never recovered from the car crash because she broke her sternum and just being elderly so it really just took it out of her and Mm -hmm. from that point onwards she was never really as happy as she'd been really housebound and yeah from that point it was like a really slow deterioration and the, in the end they said it was just a combination of like everything at once mm-hmm. just coming in and um there wasn't any real signs of like her going out in the days into it we just thought she was just you know plodding along really i guess you could call it mm-hmm. she'd always for so long been slowly going but mm-hmm. never really an outright you know it's coming kind of thing yeah and it was i think that made it really hard actually and like, i just think it's so beautiful that your family had you know you knew he was going and you got to say your goodbyes and yeah. it gives you that kind of start of a closure but at the same time seeing them is just so traumatic at the same like yeah it's weird to say that you've seen a dead body mm-hmm. especially when it's someone you love and it's something i thought i'd always keep that image and i thought i'd always overthink the image of her but it's something that i feel like i've blocked out a lot but mm-hmm. 
the immediate after effects I just can't forget the kind of what I did afterwards um I'll tell you the little story but um so uh, it was Friday the 13th like I said and um I'd actually booked the day off because it was um I was going to have a long weekend with her and I've been working remotely the whole week so I was like okay tomorrow's our day and the night before we'd had such a sweet chat and stuff and although I didn't know that I wasn't going to get another chat with her the last chat we did have was like the nicest one I could have mm-hmm. ever had and it makes me think that maybe you know the spookiness she knew she was going yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I laugh when I think about our chats because I just you know that's the thing I think I'll say about grief is that you do think about the happy times more than the sad kind yeah. of lost part but mm-hmm. our last chat was the night before I'd always pop in and kiss a good night and you know like I said put everything at right angles so that she could reach you know she could reach her little water she could reach her like a Qatar pills and everything because she's in like this hospital bed at home basically mm-hmm. and our last chat was she turned around to me and um she was just like she grabbed my hand and I was leaving the room she goes Katie I'm so lucky to have you as a granddaughter and I'm so like I just love you so much and then I just went overboard and I was like gave her kisses on each cheek and everything and I said well I'll see you in the morning and because uh, we always said that it was like I was saying yeah. like I'll see you in the morning and um she was just so excited to go to sleep like she was so excited that tomorrow we had like a list of random things that she wanted like you know yeah. we we're going to order new clothes and we were going to sort her wardrobe out even though it was already like sorted <laughs> and then like i said the morning came and it was like she must she just went peacefully and sleep i didn't hear anything she was just like i was first i walked into the room and my grandpa was there as well but um he was um because of the hospital bed he was in his own little side room mm-hmm. and i walked in to go see her and um i was like um you walk around a little corner and then her bed's by the window so it's quite a distance away and i pe- peeked in and i was just like oh she's gonna be late if she doesn't get up soon because the first carer will come in and i went to the toilet brushed my teeth came out and i was like okay no she's really getting late now and um, I walk into her room and it wasn't until I was about like I started calling her and she didn't respond so that's why I was like oh that's a bit weird and I got like a hundred metres like not a hundred metres <laughs> half a metre away and um, that's when I realised and I was like I just like you know just like you realise that they're gone and I just couldn't believe it but I've like been first aid trained my whole life so I just kind of go into like I didn't really think I just automatically start checking her pulse and it's a really horrible thing to say but like I, you know when you see like movies and stuff and they say about a dead body being stiff like yeah when I touched her neck I just knew there was nothing I could do mm-hmm. and the saddest part of this whole situation is I turn around because I'm like I need to get help I need to do something and I don't even know what do you do when someone dies and that was something I was just like I had no idea what to do yeah. I was halfway out the door I bumped into my grandpa and that's when I had a panic attack and I just couldn't get any words out yeah. and um oh god so horrible but mm-hmm. grandpa was just like um I just I could just all I could say was Gran and then he just like you know when you know and you see that look on someone's face when they realise mm-hmm. and um, he was just like and he was just like oh no no she's not gone and then like he walked in and then like we kind of just cried together and held each other and then again this whole situation was probably like a minute long but it felt like the longest few minutes of my life and then next thing I did was call my uncle and I just because mm-hmm. I was I didn't know what to do his first person thought to call called him and he just told me what to do but the heartbreak on the phone because he was arriving the next day and he just could never get over the fact that he never got mm. to say goodbye to his mum and he'd longed out going to see her for a little bit so he just felt he felt really guilty and he was my, my uncle never cries I could just hear him crying down the phone he dropped the phone and oh it's horrible yeah I feel like it's um really hard seeing the people afterwards like around yeah. you mm. getting upset because it's I think because crying is not really seen as much from the older generations in yeah. my life personally. So like it destroyed me even more seeing like my dad like, okay. upset, his dad, like, do you know what I mean? I just started like deeping everyone's situation. I was like, my nan's so distraught. Like she'd been married to this man for like yes, yes. 60, 70 years. Yeah, and same. like now, and I was like, oh my God, I can't even imagine if that was me. Like, you know, you start thinking for everyone and it's so awful because you don't really process negative emotions in front of other people or it's not really seen as a normal thing which I think can be better in the future maybe like I'm hoping that if I ever have kids or something that I would like tell them to cry if they want to cry and you know like rather than being like don't cry I've I've noticed it a lot in movies recently yeah the parents being like oh don't cry like I know it's probably with good intention you know like because they're like oh we don't I don't want you to be upset but I think it should be more like oh cry if you're feeling sad like and it feels right Come like, let it out, yeah. yeah let it out you know um so I think that's even harder I guess seeing the other people around you going through that grief too yeah and it was really hard because um like I said I was in Scotland and most of my family have moved down south apart from a few immediate ones and like I was alone for like the first 24 hours with your grandpa mm-hmm. and um I just went into some weird like coordination mode like 
I had called the police, uh, well, I called the ambulance then because it's Stefan home, we have like 10 police cars show up and I'm just like, so it was just so many things happened and then mm-hmm. they arrived, they realised the situation and then I ended up in the space of those 24 hours I'd booked her whole funeral and I just, I just went into that weird mood and I think um, we had one, my auntie Sue came round and I was so grateful when she came round and she, she knew when you have an adult there and like, I still feel like a child with my grandparents and I just was trying to protect my grandpa at all costs so I did take a lot of the brunt of things so like when the undertaker came to carry her out like I had to keep going back into the room and seeing her like multiple times first with the police the undertaker like mm-hmm. and then just so many times I had to keep going back into that room and every time I went back in there I just broke down in tears again but yeah I don't know it was mm-hmm. the one weird thing I did do is that um I put grandpa into the living room and grand and grandpa was really religious so I called the minister the minister was sitting in with him she came she was amazing and um there was loads of like meat in the fridge like I could have made a sandwich but my brain said make fresh <laughs> eggs and mayo sandwiches and instead of like picking out you know the meat and making a sandwich really quickly I started boiling eggs and I was just like I needed something to focus on yeah and then when I think about that in hindsight I'm like that's so weird like yeah that is me, like, interesting to like look back and see how you coped when you can yeah. like reflect on it but like in those moments like you're you're just in overdrive and you don't know what to do and yeah. I, I think grandma passed and he was in the lounge of my nan's him and my nan's house so he was like always there yeah so we were just all when he passed we were like it was just so interesting looking back now how everyone's reaction was different like I just sat there like crying and thinking like what the fuck my grandma's just dead in the room like and he was just there for like a few hours and it was like the middle of the night and we were all just like sat in this lounge doing different things. My nan was ringing her sister going like, he's dead, he's dead. And like my mum and dad were trying to sort out the police stuff and like there was yeah. just so much going on and everyone was reacting differently. And I, looking back, it's like, that is just pure grief working in different ways. Yeah. It's like, we're all just so different, <laughs> you know? Yeah, my reaction is yeah, I like had that panic attack and cried and yeah. then I just like, after a few calls with really close friends and like I knew I'd done everything I needed to do in that moment to like help the situation so I'd called like you know the um, police and all that and done all that and I knew that everything that was happening was happening grandpa's looked after I called a few really close friends and I'll never forget I called my because I went to uni in Scotland and I still have really good friends in Scotland and I called my friend Susan she came like four hours across the country mm-hmm. to be with me wow. and just because I was with grandpa on my own at that point because you know family had to go to work and stuff and um, we, she just like kept him company and she was just such a calming presence, showed up with some baked goods and like, I just needed to have someone there to make me feel strong because I was trying so hard yeah. to be strong for my grandpa and I'll just never forget that kind of, that's when I was like, oh my God, I'm so lucky to have such good friends, you know? Yeah, and a massive credit to you as well for being able to like react. I guess you didn't have the choice though. Like yeah. you probably, your body just like started sorting out the situation yeah. because you wanted to protect someone you know whereas like, I feel like because maybe because my parents were there and there was a lot of us there like everyone just knew what to do because they'd done it before whereas like yeah do you know what I mean so I guess I got protected from that but you yeah you're amazing for being able to sort all of that out in such a strange circumstance yeah. in between all that it was really hard I don't know why and I think I would warn anyone if they do end up in my situation to try and share the brunt of it mm-hmm. because for some reason I because I had done everything and I just kept like trying to keep busy I guess um I kept being the one to have to break the news and also because my uncle had taken it so badly and my dad was on in another country it was really hard so I couldn't like call my dad and get him to do all the calling around so um, we have a big family, so I had to call like so many different people and then absorb their heartbroken reactions because she was so loved. And we all thought this, you know, we thought we had another year kind of thing. So that was one of the hardest parts was just like reliving the trauma over and over and absorbing that. And like, yeah, I just think if anyone else is going through it, just try and like ask for help. And yeah, sh- it's not up. all your like, it's not you don't have to do everything kind of thing yeah yeah Yeah, even just saying oh is there any chance I can have a hand or something you know like I think people are more willing to help you like those people in your life did you experience any negative emotions obviously other than like the sadness when you've experienced grief like because I like talking about some of the like horrible emotions I felt because I think people start thinking they're like crazy or I don't know like for me I felt really resentful towards mm-hmm. everyone on Instagram because I was like scrolling everyone was like open their Christmas presents I thought fuck you I just had to watch my granddad die yeah. and you're all p- posting like Jimmy Shoe like yeah <laughs> so did you stuff. lose your grandpa on Christmas Eve or? so he we got told the Christmas before he's got six to nine months yeah. so we were like sh- we literally got told after Christmas we were like shit that was our last Christmas yeah. with him 
but he like exceeded obviously that because we thought he was going to go like summertime and it get, got to like Christmas Eve when they were going to put him under like, inexpressible I guess like basically being asleep until he passed yeah but he lasted like the whole of Christmas Eve the whole of Christmas Day and then died at Boxing Day at 11 p.m so he like let us have we were, like he let us have Christmas like without him going like yeah. bless him but it was so weird because you could tell he could hear you so like we'd take it in turns to like speak to him at his bed yeah. and like I was speaking to him and I could see his little little tear drop down his face gonna get me again <laughs> and I was like oh my god like I've, I just thought I was like talking to nothing basically yeah. but it was like sweet to see his reactions or he could like slightly squeeze your hand or something yeah. and it would be yeah. really sweet but really hard to do but I just kept telling myself like I'll regret if I don't like speak what I want to say to yeah. him but yeah so he exceeded like his I guess death date by three six months whatever whatever but yeah it was it was rough because I think it was the Christmas time yeah that's what because I lost ground in October and Mm -hmm. I kind of had to go through the same kind of time of year and I Mm -hmm. do think that was so hard and I really did like you're saying I don't think you used the word like feeling like being crazy but that's what I felt sometimes I had some weird dreams and like I actually started sleepwalking and it was really creepy and that's the point at which I was like I need to go and speak to someone I literally um, so in the days after so Gran died on the 13th and then I think on the 17th I've got like eczema and skin condition I'd already had a little bit of a flare going on so it's probably something similar to what's going on now but it just went tenfold worse and um, it was like a combination of the stress and then like when someone dies they bring in flowers and it tends to be lilies turns out I'm allergic (laughs) so I was just not having a good time and I was really going through it like and I had to leave and leave because my family come up and they were looking after it and they said you know what Katie like you look like shit (laughs) go home relax (laughs) because I literally had double eye folds my lips swollen I had the worst like like and it's really hard when you're going through a hard, hard time and you look like it. So I just felt like everyone was being too nice to me and they were like, okay, and I'm like, please, mom, all right. I just looked like actual, like... <laughs> and then when I got home, that's when I started having weird nightmares. I um, uh, So one of the things I hadn't done in... So I'd handed everything over to my uncle and my uncle was like sorting the rest of it and, you know, choosing the flowers and stuff. And um, when I got home, one thing I'd forgotten to do because she was getting cremated, you can choose if you want to have a final outfit. And I kept thinking, oh no, I've forgotten. So I called my uncle and I was like, oh, here's the outfit, can choose that one. And he'd laid it out. But because I hadn't done it myself, in my sleep, I was walking around my home, at, I was walking around my bedroom at home with my wife in there. And I, he said to me, I just got up and I started opening all the drawers and I kept saying, oh, grand's things there. And I started talking about her clothes and stuff. And that was really scary. And then like, um, my boyfriend told me to come back to bed and then I apparently just went back to sleep but it was just really creepy because I was fully walking around and talking and it just looked like I was awake and do you have no recollection of that? I have a light recollection of like opening a cupboard but you like you had no idea no it was really scary though because feeling like kind of loss of control as well yeah 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 and then I was like shit I thought I was handling this well but I'm clearly not like it was coming out of my sleep and um the first night when she did die I couldn't really sleep that much but every time I did because of her weird dreams she had about family members coming to see her I kept thinking she was going to come see me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I kept just like waking up and like oh god but yeah, yeah, I just think, you know, the lack of sleep, the kind of eczema reaction mm-hmm. and skin condition and everything, I was just in a really crap low place. And now when I look back on it, I genuinely think I was depressed for like two months. Mm-hmm. And then and then I, the Christmas period was so hard. I just walked around feeling really like heavy, like happiness can trigger tears, like any kind of yeah. emotion to an extreme would like set me off. And um, I remember it was Christmas and I was walking up the markets and my grand's favorite time of year had to be Christmas as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just constant <laughs> triggers everywhere and like there was this little choir of kids singing and they were really sweet and I was like, oh my grand would have loved that. And I just walk around like this, you know, high street like um, thing and I was just crying yeah. <laughs> with my friend and I was like, oh God. Yeah. I Christmas is so hard. Yeah. Like I just my one of my friends lost her mum in October time yeah. around a similar time to your grand and I think just any time around I think Christmas will be hard no yeah. matter what, what, what time in the year you lose them but like if it's around that period especially if they love it like my nan and granddad love decorating their house making it into like a little grotto and like yeah. it was just his bed instead of the Christmas tree and I was just like this is hell like and it was so cute because everyone had got him like a little present they, they were just sat underneath his bed and obviously he never opened them mm-hmm, yeah. um, and it was just like yeah it was just like a really shitty awful time and I think that's what brought out a lot of like nasty emotions in me and I think that's so okay to say and like jealousy of like everyone else 
else getting to have like a nice yeah. Christmas without losing anyone in their lives and like not understanding those horrible emotions and I feel I know you get the obviously the regret of like not going to see them enough or not mm. speaking to them enough or not asking them enough questions about their lives but I always feel like a I don't know if it's I don't know what the word is but maybe guilt like of bringing up my granddad to someone else who might have lost someone that's not so old in their life like I don't know why I've got this thing in my head I'm like oh it's expected for someone old to die so like my grief's less important than someone else's yeah. but it's it there doesn't need to be an excuse for it and it's kind of like when I was talking about her, I said she was 89, she was a good age. So yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's everyone, really horrible. It's not even come from me. It's like everyone else talks about it, like being, you know, they're a good age, it's their time. And it does make it harder because like there's this, like you say, an expectation that because they're older, it's not as hard. Like they had a good life and they lived it, which is something that you can really look back on. And what grandpa kept going on about is how many amazing memories they did have. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't make it any less hard for you to kind of process. And Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, it's really tough, especially when like you seem to have a really close relationship to your grandparents as well. And it Mm -hmm. just, it's so much harder because I don't know if I just, I feel so lucky to have had that relationship. Mm -hmm. But at the same time like you said like people just I don't know don't get it or don't yeah. have a close relationship they're just like yeah. not don't yeah. see it as much but like I hate that I make up an excuse I'm like oh but he was like a father figure to me and mm. I'm like I don't need to say that like it doesn't matter what he was to me like I can still feel grief in whatever capacity I need to feel it in but yeah I even like, I'm doing a grief panel in March um with Misha and she's she lost her dad and there's her mum's on it who's obviously lost her partner someone on there who's lost a child they're they're dad or um sibling yeah and i automatically my thing was like oh great i'm my grief's the worst because it's a grandparent like and i'm like that's so bad like it's fine that it's a grandparent and my loss is just as important than anyone else's loss (laughs) and i just feel like the heaviness of your loss just shows how much impact they had as well Mm -hmm. and it's like i think about all the things she taught me taught me so much more now mm-hmm. and the things i do and like that's because she taught me that and it's so stupid like um i remember like making a cup of tea with two sugars because she always had two sugars like that was things that would make me cry in the early stages i'm still kind of in the early stages so like, it's been like yeah, six yeah. months but like i just feel like it's getting lighter every day and um the last time i cried well properly about it was um new year's eve <laughs> the countdown gran always called me on the countdown and oh. i didn't get the call and the phone didn't ring and oh my god I just like crying. I was like, I kept apologising to everyone. I'm like, so sorry. And like, luckily, a lot of people there had experienced kind of loss of a parent or loss of a really close person to them. So they were just really understanding. And like, when someone's lost someone, they always say the right thing. Whereas, I know there's not like a right or wrong thing to say, yeah. but like, you know, when they say something and it just makes you feel like, Phew, yeah, safe space, I guess. Sure. To know, to explain it. Yeah, I keep thinking like, obviously, you're in a lot earlier stages six months and I lost my granddad December 22 so just over two years and still I'll get moments where I'm like oh I need to tell my nan and granddad about that and I'm like oh shit he doesn't exist like that's so weird to me like I I can't believe it still happens I'm like how have I not processed that in my head that he just doesn't exist but I think because my whole life I've just seen them two together I'm like I can't I can't believe it like I, I and I look at my phone, I've got my like nan and granddad on my, I can't change it. Bringing tears to my eyes again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's something I'm still really struggling with, I'd say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> try not cry too much. No, but, no, um, don't. Honestly, like, um, me and my boyfriend have been dating for like eight years in April, and I just know that we're going to get engaged soon or something, you know, I know it's coming. <laughs> and uh, just the thought of like, you know, not being able to like call her. Share it, yeah. Yeah, she would have been the first person, and she would have been so happy. And it's just like quite sad because like the last few years of my family, it's just been, we haven't really had anything like happy. We've all come together over like funerals and it's just so sad. <laughs> and then everyone else is just like, come on, Katie, get married now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something good. This so, is yeah. literally like reflecting my, my family <laughs> as well, which is like funeral after funeral when they're like, someone needs to get married or something. Someone needs to do something. Yeah. <laughs> happy. But your grandpa's the last one on, on that side of the family left in that age, like in the Mackie side. So um, he's been also, I've been feeling guilty about grandpa more because like I've always run to grand because like um, I always knew where she liked everything. I knew her house off by heart. So I could really calm her. She's a really anxious person. So I could always really calm her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like just grandpa's been really like, he's been calling me and he's just like, oh, I've just been really thinking about her. The longer it gets, the harder it gets for him, he's saying. Yeah. Like um, the more places he goes to and he thinks, oh, we used to eat here and like it's kind of harder because he's grown up in a village and yeah. they've always been in that village together so everywhere they've been like yeah. you know 
and they've been they've been married for 65 years like yeah. he's just he's really sweet and he really loved her yeah and just, like Valentine's Day the first person I thought about was my grandpa I thought oh fuck mostly so hard for him yeah. and I didn't call him because I didn't want to remind him that it was Valentine's Day in case he hadn't remembered but I was thinking maybe he did know and maybe I should have you know you feel like that kind of yeah. living guilt still as well I don't know yeah, yeah it is, it's really hard I always find even before like my granddad passed like old old people old couples have oh, always yeah. <laughs> made me like ball my like you can send me any video of like an old person I'll cry like they can literally be saying the happiest thing and I just feel really emotional towards it that's something I want to bring up about also losing someone around the festive period and even just the festive period for grief I always heard that it was hard like you know Christmas time and those kind of times I never really understood why until I'd actually lost someone because there's so many charity ads going out there that are for old people and loneliness and that's you've awesome. just lost someone and then you're seeing like uh, there was an advert I saw and there was so many this year it was so hard it, yeah we were all just like sat in silence in the at Christmas Stop. and I was like Ugh. like there was just one of this old man and he just reminded me of my grandpa and he was like sitting alone he'd lost his loved one and there's so many of these adverts around that time of year and there's a lot about like you know it's lovely to try and help older people but it was just so triggering yeah. and then I feel like the Instagram algorithm changed as well so I'd obviously mm-hmm. been sharing about losing my gran now all I was seeing was grief content but it was like I wasn't ready mm-hmm. to see it yeah sometimes it's not always a positive thing even if it, the post is about like grief like open up about grief sometimes yeah. it's not what you want to see when you're feeling very vulnerable yeah there's the ones that I was seeing wasn't like oh this is how I'm doing how I'm getting through it was like the point of just losing someone yeah. and it was that raw emotion and it was mm-hmm. multiple times I was like so I, I I said to my boyfriend like, I can't go on Instagram and then he's just like oh and he told me about it you know hit the three dots and then like say I don't want to see content like this I fixed my algorithm <sighs> so yeah yeah it is good that they do that now I mean yeah. it took them way too long but it was really hard though yeah. honestly like I was just like logging onto Instagram to escape and try to feel better and I was feeling worse yeah and that was such a struggle it is hard to come out of it is there anything that you're currently doing or that you manage to do to try and like cope with it or yeah something that brings you I guess comfort so I'd always been a massive believer in therapy and like I've gone through really bad uh, like you know I've had like alopecia and really bad eczema so I've lived with visual differences and they really impacted my like mental health and anxiety so I went to go and speak to people through that and I found such a benefit doing like therapy through that so I thought you know what, I'm going to try it again with grief therapy but so far I haven't had a great time with it I just didn't really feel like I connected with the person mm-hmm. and I don't know I think I need to look around and find somewhere better because yep. like they gave me 30 minutes and you only really in the first 30 minutes start getting into it and then yeah. it's like time to go yeah and I just yeah it didn't really work out for me and didn't really connect with them but a few things they told me and it like helped me kind of process things a bit more mm-hmm. but I just didn't really connect with them but I tried it and my, my managers were like oh you should really try again maybe we'll connect with the next person so I might try again Yeah. but at the moment I feel like I'm in a good headspace I'm looking after That's myself good. again like the first two three months so till like December because it was also my birthday in December there's so many like things that would have been happy events that were happening and I just started like making like micro meals and just like anything that I could add water to I was just doing the bare minimum to look after myself um, and unless my boyfriend was there then he was cooking me all the time and like really appreciate him looking after me kind of thing but in January I was just like made like a list of things I want to do before I die yeah <laughs> and it was just weird to think about all the things I you know want to do and look forward to and just like um getting out a bit more I guess and being in like it's weird people say it all the time but like going for a walk and clearing your head really does help and just like you said crying because yeah. like two I think it took a friend turning around to me like Kate you're trying too hard to be better and it was my same friend Susan and then um, Susan had lost her mum to cancer like a year before so she'd been through it herself she's like you're putting too much pressure on yourself to feel better and her turning around and telling me that and holding me accountable like made a massive difference I was like you know what I'm just gonna feel it I'm, not, I'm gonna stop trying to be okay and then I just like I was crying quite a lot and stuff and just really going through it but I feel like it I feel lighter because of it yeah. and now yeah I'm not crying like yeah. as much yeah there's a few triggers occasionally mm-hmm. but I feel like me more now yeah and that's yeah. so lovely you've got a friend as well that like you said held you accountable and yeah. spoke to you because I feel like even in the time if you were gonna like snap back or something not that you probably would but like a lot of people tread on eggshells when someone passes in your life and I think that almost makes it worse because they like distance themselves from you or isolate themselves sometimes because they're worried they're going to say the wrong thing rather than just being like hey how are you doing today you okay like want to talk about it want to 
do something to distract yourself you know like I think I've even done it with my friend like even my friend's mum that's passed yeah recently I sometimes I'm like oh what if she's having a nice day today and I'm like how are you feeling about your mum like yeah. what if I trigger something but I think it's better for them to know that you're thinking of them than to shy away I don't know yeah. from I also feel like because um, I was doing Instagram posts I was kind of updating them so you didn't really need to ask as much as well yeah. and they could then see oh I've seen your post today and then it kind of opened the door for them to message me so I don't know if that was beneficial for them and not everyone wants to share online but I've always been like an oversharer and it just makes me feel better and some people connected over what I was going mm-hmm. through as well and yeah yeah, I find social media an out, like a nice outlet for that yeah. if you are someone like I guess who overshares like, I like that because then it opens it up for friends family or strangers who relate to yeah. come to me and then we can have that conversation if they're also in the same headspace as me whereas like you know some maybe some of my friends and family could also find that triggering and they would rather not talk about it but the, the right people can have a conversation with you about it yeah and when I share I try and do it in a really mindful way that I'm always trying to leave it positive because like yeah. I'm, like I'm saying I know that the raw emotion ones were triggering me and fair enough you need to get out there sometimes but then like in your follow-up post like you can say you're going through it and be honest and raw but like just try and like show some hope it, like just leave, for sure yeah because obviously it just kind of can lead people to spiral even more and just think I feel that way too and, like, yeah can really trigger their emotions again Mm-hmm. have you found um along the way if there was anyone like in your life who you didn't expect I guess it could go either way like who reached out to you when it did happen that you didn't expect to or people that you expected to be there and weren't um I had like so many people that I spoke to in years from school just pop back up and they were just like I'm so sorry to see what you've been going through but I really like admire you sharing it and like I really related to it and just saying how proud they were for me being open about it and that was really nice and I'm going for a few coffees soon with people that I haven't seen literally in like 10 years probably yeah mm-hmm. so yeah um, but I feel like a lot of my friends were really there for me but I did really isolate myself and um, I just kind of like because I had like you know two weeks off work for bereavement and I just kind of like just lay in bed sleeping mm-hmm. <laughs> I just needed to like just felt so physically exhausted and loads of people did show up and a lot of the friends I've made are through like the Exmoor community and they were there for me but I've had this weird like feeling I don't know if you'll relate but I was like just felt like I was in my body but not in my body like I'd, I was going I went out for dinner with some girls and stuff and like they I would normally be the person to be like talking and leading conversations and really like you know yeah. expanding the conversation but like, I just felt like I was there but not there and I just felt like I was sitting there and I could hear this buzz around me no one else probably noticed but like I just felt like I was there but I wasn't it's like I was watching my friends having dinner and I just felt like numb yeah and that's how I felt for the three like first three months like really numb mm-hmm. it wasn't till like January I just yeah. in last month I really started to feel like myself again it's yeah. weird I can't explain it it's just like yeah I always find it the strangest like comparing it to other things and like I remember, I think, because I felt like I was grieving before my granddad passed, like, I do think maybe I got out of it slightly sooner than other people that I've lost, because I was, like, sad, like, seeing it happen, I guess, and knowing that it was inevitable, um, yeah, and then I think when I got out of, yeah, I was very, like, similar to you, like, very depressed, like, felt very numb to things, and, like, I couldn't believe it, like, I remember just, like, seeing it all happening, and, like, just shaking my head, like, what the fuck is going on, like, people don't deserve like my granddad doesn't deserve to go like this like this is so awful like I can't believe this is happening to me and my family like just being in complete disbelief most of the time like I think that's the shock though yeah Yeah. and I yeah because I'm still like going for it I do like really occasionally in the last like two months I've had this feeling like I can't believe she's gone and then we'll get like really upset because I think it's harder for me because like I wasn't seeing her every day Mm -hmm. and she lived in Scotland so like it is normal for me to go like you know a month without seeing her and like I'm going for the first time I don't know if it's the so I've been a few times since and we've all been together grandpa came down south for the first time for Christmas and years because grand couldn't travel and stuff but he was able to go because he's he's older than her but more able to walk around and stuff and um he came down south for a big Christmas but I haven't been up since just after the funeral I'd gone back up a few times so I don't know how I'm gonna really see how well I'm doing when I go up and it's like you walk into the house and she's like her stuff's gone and she's not there you know mm. like um like the wardrobe's now full of grandpa's because grandpa had a really weird reaction he was just like 
get rid of everything i don't know what i would do i i think i'd be the hoarder keep everything that's what i yeah i was like yeah put them in my box yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i know why he did it i think it's because it's a constant reminder everywhere and it's a constant trigger although the house Mm -hmm. itself is a trigger it's those little things and it's like her glasses on the side like yeah uh, holding them was horrible and like it's just like her perfume and like you know the little things around the house that really did make him think of her <laughs> but um i was just laughing because i was just thinking like on the mantelpiece we put the, the funeral photo but it was one of those photos where it feels like it's staring at you yeah <laughs> and uh, it just made me think about that but we put it on the mantelpiece and oh. i was like although you've removed everything in the house you've got those little eyes watching you <laughs> <laughs> so funny yeah we've kept the funeral photo and we like at christmas we like put the little christmas like we pull the christmas crack and put the little hat on his the oh, frame and stuff yeah. it's so cute but yeah, when my grandma, grandma passed, I was like, please can I have one of his rings? I always I always loved this ring that he had. And I was like, I want it. And I didn't get it resized and I lost it in central oh, London like oh, yeah. a few months after. And I literally like, the other day I started thinking about it and I was just like bawling my eyes. No, I was like, I still haven't processed yeah. that. No, it's um, horrible. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like it was just so special because I, I admired it when he was alive. And then afterwards I was like, oh my God, like that will be my reminder of him every day. And I was like, great. Like, cause I have one from my grandma and my fucking nan has given me one she was like here's one early <laughs> and I was like stop that I was like please stop that I'm oh, gonna no. have like all of my dead relatives on my fingers <laughs> no yeah I don't know why my family always leave me rings as well I love rings and me too like, there's always like a this is my grand's actual engagement ring actually mm-hmm. um, wedding of engagement yeah mm. and um, there's so many funny stories throughout the years that like I was obsessed with her ring and like I um, when I was like six I took her ring off the stand and I went swimming and I was using it as one of those like, chucking <laughs> and I lost it but they found it luckily in like a 50 meter pool with mental. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I thought, I was like, oh, this is so spiritual because the amount of times my grandma's ring also fell off and yeah. it would somehow come back to me. Like mm. it'd be in the middle of a field and suddenly I'd see this glint and I'd be like, wow, I managed to save it. Like, yeah. but so I thought the same was going to happen to my granddad's one. I was like, I'll find it. And then I was like, no, you've been on the central line. You're never finding it. <laughs> it's just, you feel really guilty because yeah. um, when I was 18, I also received a ring from a family member and um, it was like my great, great grand. And um, I thought I lost it on a night out, but my sister told me years later, you know, I've been carrying this guilt thinking, I, I don't know why, I convinced myself that I'd been wearing it and lost it. And then my sister was like, no, Casey, okay, so it didn't fit you, so you gave it to me, because I didn't get it. I was young, I didn't know how to resize it or anything. And um, she's had it all this time and let me carry that guilt. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I just had a random like, conversation when we were talking about rings with Gran, and I brought up, oh, yeah, I got that ring. She's like, no, you didn't lose it, I've got it. I was, oh my God. I've carrying that for years, <laughs> but I understand that. It's like, and you just, it's such a guilt that you can't yeah. explain. I literally told my mum, it's my dad's side of the family, my granddad, mm. but I was like, told my mum, she was like, don't worry, like, when you think about it, it's just a material thing, like, yeah. you've obviously got the memories and stuff, and I, I was like, I do know that, that's what I've been telling myself to make it feel better, but at least I know that it, it was gold of a tiger's eye, and I'm like, I can definitely get something with a tiger's yeah. eye stone in, like, on a necklace, or even another ring that actually fits me, and it will still remind me of him, like, it's not like a really specific do you know what I mean? Thing like I can get probably something similar to remind me. <laughs> my grand had had three granddaughters, and my grand just had so many rings, and like she wore them every day. And like this is another one that I've never even found. I was going through a jewelry box. It's like it's a signet ring, but it was just hers. And it says it's got her initials on it. Aww. But yeah, so I've got loads of little rings. But I've been I'm only wearing like this on my necklace today. But I always tend to wear this one. But I've been wearing like I got loads of little gold rings off it. Really sweet. And um, I just got the fear that I was going to lose them all, so I slowly stopped wearing them as much. And because I remember mm-hmm. it was out, and one fell off, and I was like, I picked it up straight away. Luckily, but yeah, the, even just yesterday, I went down to take the bins, and my grandma's one slipped off, like right next to the drain. And I'm mm. like, this one stays with me like <laughs> crazy. I'm like, this is that's why necklaces spooky. Necklaces now, I just <laughs> yeah. don't trust myself. Honestly, yeah. I think that's going to be the way forward for me because the fear I get when I wear them. <laughs> Advice for maybe someone listening who is currently maybe just experiencing grief in the first month or something is there something you wish you knew or that you could say maybe to yourself when you first started experiencing it I just would say that it's okay to feel like you're losing it (laughs) because like you're gonna have so many thoughts you're gonna like maybe even hear their voices and Mm -hmm. it's completely normal it's just going through it and it's just like there's been such a long life lived here or maybe not depending on the age Mm -hmm. of the person you've lost but there's just so many memories and stuff and it's going to hit you for the first few days. It's going to be really hard, but it will get better with time. Like I was really like just feeling like so heavy and thinking about all the things she was going to miss. And I realized that's a really negative thing to do. Yeah. Try and not think about what they're going to miss because you know, they are, they're not there anymore. They're not going to see that. But what you did have is all those memories Mm -hmm. and all those amazing times together and just try and think about the happier times and 
just think about how much that they've kind of given to your life that you're going to carry forward like I'm taking all the recipes from granny like I've got them up here (laughs) and um, just little things will mean a lot with time Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be like you receive like a ring or something Mm -hmm. like maybe it's just like buying a certain brand of like pickles (laughs) yeah (laughs) like brand some pickles you know crinkle cut (laughs) and like loads of little things like they'll really mean a lot and it's just like feeling it and really just allowing yourself the space Mm -hmm. to grieve and cry and not being like I was trying to just put a face on of like oh look I'm fine now I'm fine I'm good yeah. when the reality is that like it's gonna be hard and it's gonna hit you at times you don't realize it so one thing I didn't mention was that um at Christmas I thought I was fine and I was like I'm gonna go out the house I'm great and um I wasn't really wanting to be social with people but I wanted to get out and go for a walk so I went to my boyfriend's work and it was like must have been like late November and I remember this one Christmas song started coming up on the um on the speakers at the pub because he went to the pub and I started crying in public and I hate crying in public can't mm-hmm. do it and I just couldn't stop crying but I was so glad that he was there and he just came over and gave me a hug and I was like I gotta go home <laughs> but like <laughs> it's you gonna have these moments where you're like yeah yeah just, I do yeah. think the heaviness is so needed like I know obviously we say everyone grieves differently but I feel like that heaviness has to hit you at some point and for me personally I want to get it out the way like not that I want to get out of the way and forget them but I want to feel those emotions let myself reflect on their life and everything and then continue with all the positives that they've brought into my life like my granddad used to teach me how to he like gave me handwriting lessons when I was younger and stuff and like so little sweet things like that like I always remember like taught me how to play my first card games and I'm like oh that's so fun like I get I still do that in my everyday life yeah and that's what he taught me like that's really cool and yeah just let yourself still feel though even after you've gotten over it like I'm still crying two years later sat here today you know in this episode because you bring things up and it brings a tear to your eye but it's happiness and like even I swear my nan sometimes like tries to trigger me <laughs> because she writes in her like she wrote in my birthday card like the first year after she was like from nan question mark because she felt well, it was so weird that she was just writing from we herself too, and, not, yeah. and I was like don't do that I was like stop that <laughs> yeah oh at the funeral um it'd been my cousin's birthday and my grandpa's like we forgot to give him the card grandma bought it but we hadn't written in it and grandpa wrote the card and he wrote from grandpa he combined grand and grandpa into one. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, I just remember they start crying and then like it was weird receiving cards and just seeing one name on it and stuff and yeah, it's just our whole so... lives after yeah, seeing two names I actually names. got a tattoo she used to sign with lots of love and that's oh, her handwriting I, I think I want to do something mm. like that because my granddad's writing is stunning like he would have he was just known for his handwriting like I could have never got to his level like my boyfriend always says like oh I kind of miss your, grand- your granddad's cards like because they were like proper like calligraphy oh, like yeah, wow. writing um, I'm like, oh, maybe I should get like a little tattoo somewhere because that'd be really or nice. Or even just reminder. like one word. I don't know. Yeah, I love I it. Love it that. Felt, that was kind of a healing chapter of mine as well. I did that in January as well. I mm. just don't know. I everyone has their own ways of grieving, and one of mine was just to kind of that's my memorial on my arm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How was the funeral for you? Um, God, it was like, weird actually. It was just numb. Um, and it's like I've been to a lot of funerals. I've never been great at funerals, but like it's like you're there and you're not there and I did a speech as well mm-hmm. and um I just remember like it was lovely to see how many people showed up as well and um I was like we were all in the front row obviously and um just we had such a good vicar like she because she'd been in the, my it was more my gran had been married baptized she grew up in this church so there was so much history and memories and the like vicar had done such a great job of speaking to so many different people that when she did the eulogy it was just like she made us laugh at times as yeah. well and it was just like you know she'd make a joke about like granny being really OCD about having things and everything had its place kind of thing and it was like lovely but also like healing as well so like, you have these laughter and then you're crying and then went to the uh, crematorium and that's where I ended up doing my speech I thought it was going to be in the church so the crematorium's obviously a lot smaller and mm-hmm. I was really close to a coffin and um, my boyfriend was my backup in case I couldn't read it and I thought I was reading really well and it was quite a long like whole A4 page and I remember I was reading it and then I got to a point where I was looking at the page I couldn't see because I had so many tears in my eyes <laughs> I took my glasses off and I was like blinking and I still couldn't see and then I had to just go for memory like, I somehow memorised it and then grandpa was like he couldn't like he was so like grief stricken that he couldn't stand so we were just sitting together and then like when everyone was standing and his little hands I was sitting next to him holding his hand and he was shaking and it was just like another reminder and I didn't actually when we walk out of church I couldn't lift my head I just had it down holding grandpa's like we need to get out the door and it's like you go into like robot mode you're just like 
you, yeah. you know what you're going to do and stuff with that. You're there, you're absorbing it, but you're not really thinking fully. I don't even know. It's just like, again, that's it. That's probably the same feeling I've been having when I was at tables at dinner, like there, but yeah. not there. I don't know how it's like. Deta- really, it's like mind and body detached yeah, or yeah. something like that. Maybe it's my way of like coping. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I've, I've definitely felt that because I thought I was doing that before the funeral, I think on the way. And then as I started pu- pulling into the crematorium, I saw all of like my closest friends, like all my family. And I just was like, uh, like sobbing. Yeah. I hear my nan behind me sobbing, like kills me. So oh my god, yeah. I think just getting to the crematorium, and that's when I actually faced the crowd. Yeah. And then I was like, saw my two best friends again, and I was just like, you know, it's like it's a lot. But I, I do think a lot of it is harder because of how we're brought up to like not deal with our negative emotions and express them. So it like we pent it all up for like these single moments. <laughs> yeah. And it's like fucking hell. Like we're actually like making this so much worse for ourselves. Yes, yeah, you find the chance just for like this is the place where it's socially acceptable to cry. <laughs> yeah, it's really messed up. <laughs> yeah, it really is when you think about that. Like, oh my god. But I don't know. I, I've always been a, the one that's got my emotions on. You know whatever the saying is, but I just say like, come out whenever they want to come out. Yeah, I'm not going to stop them and. I'm just a very like overthinker and I always see you know things that other people won't see I notice a lot and it's like I'm just living that life of just crying left right and center yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no same I'm literally because I, I was always told I was like sensitive growing up and like all yeah. this so even now when I cry I always think I'm sad I think because it, everyone else associates crying with sadness yes, I'm yeah. just like oh I'm sad and I'm like I'm, I sit there and I'm, I'm literally not even sad. Like, I'm actually happy and I'm crying. Like, Having I have to, like, tell me. myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, they're so cute and I'm crying. Yeah, I know. That's literally the same thing. But it's, like, different. Oh, my hormones really affect it as well, I swear. Mm. Like, certain times of the month and it's just, like... So, like, right now, like, if I was to... Because I'm two days away from period. <laughs> if I was to, like, go on Instagram and saw something really sweet, I would just be crying. But then, like, I get less emotional throughout the month, I guess. <laughs> yeah, straight after the period or something. Weird how our hormones, like, affects things like that um i do cry pretty much most days but like when i'm on my period i'm absolutely screwed <laughs> i just don't see for the whole week <laughs> i have different ones different periods like once every few months i have a really really bad period i was like why and then that period it's like you've got the pain like the extreme pain and then you've also got like you're just feeling really low and negative as well the, yeah. isn't it because the pit something someone told me the period it's like take your ovaries take it in turns each month really it's like it's your left ovary and your right ovary so if people say Skin every alternate yeah. month like is really bad because my left ovary is bad I have no idea about that how crazy well I've got to hate one of my ovaries then <laughs> yeah find out which one yeah. it is <laughs> I've learned something I'm going to google that later <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much by the way for coming on the podcast no worries I really appreciate it I know it's like vulnerable sharing your story but I know you're super open and I'm really happy that you've come on I will obviously leave all resources linked in the podcast description as well for anyone who's struggling yeah. right now like for grief helplines or mental health helplines because I knew I struggled with other things outside of just grief like depression yeah. anxiety and PTSD so yeah and definitely reach out to a professional like you said therapy is can be amazing obviously you haven't found someone specifically for grief but there are people out there that can help you do you want to shout out anything obviously your instagram and everything will be in the description oh well um if anyone's also um just their emotions trigger their skin then come and join the itch of itch community thank you so much for listening i hope this has helped you out in some way shape or form and i will see you soon for another grief diaries Bye. bye